Hour, you're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, August 31st, 2020. I'm Aaron Fulton, and this is Raven News. Sitka confirmed two more cases of the coronavirus on Thursday. The Sitka Unified Command reports that a girl between the ages of 10 and 19 tested positive on August 23rd. She was not experiencing any symptoms of the disease at the time she was tested. The second positive patient tested the next day, a man between the ages of 60 and 69 who was experiencing symptoms. Both patients are isolating. Public health officials have initiated a contact investigation and are notifying anyone who may have been exposed to the virus by either individual. The two new cases put Sitka at 39 resident cases and 17 non-resident cases, for a total of 56. Only one person has been hospitalized. Sitka has adopted a new color-coded risk system based on the daily incidence of new cases in the community, averaged over 14 days. The two new cases give Sitka a rolling average of 0.57 cases per day over the last two weeks, which falls into the moderate risk category, or orange. Recommendations at the moderate alert level include wearing masks in indoor spaces, maintaining physical distancing, fewer than 100 people at any gathering, preferably outdoors, and reduce capacity for bars and restaurants. You can find more information about Sitka's yellow-orange-red alert system on our website, kcaw.org. Schools opened last week in Sitka and around the region. In Juneau, families are reporting highs and lows with the all-distance learning start of the year. KTOO's Jeremy Shea reports. For some kids, video conferencing doesn't come naturally. See, I'm Beckett. I'm Beckett. I'm telling what grade you're in. What school you go to? I'm third grade and I go to JCCS. She has not been a fan of Zoom. <laughs> That's Jen Walker and her son Beckett. The eight-year-old is in third grade through Juno Community Charter School. Beckett shares a little about his schoolwork and his day, which included a separate Zoom session earlier. Read a little bit. Garfield. He did a hands-on math assignment. Just cutting out things. <laughs> blocks. Paper blocks. And he rode his bike. Or, in the super jargony words and sample schedules the district published, he did an additional asynchronous outdoor engagement activity. So far, he doesn't seem to have strong opinions about school this year. <laughs> but his mom says he's doing well, with some parental help. Laura Landau is a single mom with a fourth grader at Harborview Elementary School. She says her son is starting out well. Well, he's excited. He had a really good first day. His teacher is really wonderful. She made a really wonderful um, welcoming. That's him. His beers must be burning in the next room where he's doing his schoolwork. Welcoming setting. And um, so he's pretty excited. Yeah, he's, he's liking it. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> she says she isn't ready to give up on the dream that school from home will be as easy for her as school at school. She says the school district has been on top of technical support, but it seems like she'll still have to help out a lot. We can't just like set it and forget it. <laughs> we can't just like put him on the Zoom and walk away and he's got a full day of schooling. That's not how it's going to work. In the living room, she's got her work from home desk set up next to his desk. Her son's day is more structured than it was last spring when the pandemic led Governor Mike Dunleavy to close school buildings. Schools pivoted to things like pre-recorded videos and electronic assignments with some short sessions of live instruction over video conference. Landau says for her son, it was basically an early summer vacation with some school-related Zoom meetings to stay connected. And part of it was that, you know, we still were, as parents, were going huckledy-buckledy on our full-time schedules, and they're just you know, it just wasn't room to, to deal with kind of adding more. Um, I think the goal for us in the spring was consistency and, you know, emotional and mental health, and it wasn't academic learning. Elementary school students automatically pass their spring trimester. 
For the new school year, daily attendance and grading expectations are more normal. He can't just, you know, check out <laughs> like was kind of what I think everybody did last spring. She says the first few weeks will be all about getting logistics and routines down. Rebecca Braun has a 12-year-old in seventh grade who's been questioning the value of school this week. The real stress, I think, this fall has been trying to establish that school matters, school's important, and you do have to do it. And that's something that I I didn't really have to do before. He used to opt into more challenging classes, but since things went remote, he's lost interest. She's not sure if that's normal adolescent stuff or a product of these strange times. Braun says she's been spending a lot of time keeping him on task and off distractions like YouTube and video games. And yet the technology for class has its own frustrations. For example, she said one of his first assignments was to make a digital poster to introduce himself. But just getting photos into the school system was a significant hurdle. So we finally did it. um, But it took a lot of both of our time and effort to just get that kind of simple assignment done because of the technical challenges. School officials hope to gradually resume in-person classes when public health conditions improve. In Juneau, I'm Jeremy Shea. Although the coronavirus pandemic is likely to put a damper on many school athletics this year, one sport that is holding nearly normal practices is cross-country. As KFSK's Angela Denning reports, Petersburg's cross-country team participated in its first-ever virtual meet with other schools around southeast Alaska last week, and teams from Sitka and Mount Edgecombe joined in. Cross-country is a non-contact sport that happens outside. So many high schools have gone ahead with their seasons in a near-normal way. This is the sport to be in this year for sure. Debbie Eddy is Petersburg's assistant coach. She says practices have been like other years, except for daily screenings and temperature checks. I actually, once we get all the screening done, it always feels pretty normal. The student athletes run various trails each day, building up their mileage for the season. Eddy says cross-country meets are a different story. Petersburg participated in its first virtual meet August 22nd, hosted by Juno Douglas High School. Other Southeast schools participating included Thunder Mountain, Sitka, Ketchikan, Mount Edgecombe, and Metlakatla. All the teams timed their own 5K races at home and then shared them. Eddie says the schools used a formula to come up with the results that included variables like the runner's times from previous years. No system is perfect, but in this sense, it was better than nothing. So. It was a great opportunity for the kids to kind of see where they lined up with people in Southeast so far. The meet's results showed Juno Douglas boys finishing first place and taking six of the top 10 spots. The Ketchikan boys took second place and Sitka third. Petersburg's Uriah Lucas took third place individually with a time of 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Juno Douglas also finished first place for the girls, taking eight of the top 10 spots. Sitka girls took second and Ketchikan third. Petersburg and Metlakatla are in smaller school divisions, but the meet was open to all school sizes. There may or may not be traveling to in-person meets this year for high schools. That will depend on the current COVID-19 situation in the hometown and where the team will be heading. But Eddie says that Petersburg is keeping the calendar as is for now, including hosting a regional track meet at the end of September. That would be an exciting thing if that can happen for us. Possible scenarios include each team running the race course separately to keep contact numbers low. 
it's definitely not going to look the same. You know, the athletic directors and such are all talking about this, but I mean, we've been at the Petersburg meets where there's, you know, over a hundred kids and, you know, racing and, and we may have to change our course because the distance, um, the width of the course has to be at least six feet. So that's a new rule that's begun. So um, yeah, things are definitely going to look different if we race with other communities. Overall, Petersburg's team is smaller this year, and they're pretty young, says Eddie. But she says they're working hard every day at practice. They've just got such good resilience. I mean, they're able to just adapt to whatever. I'm just super impressed. I feel like they would love to race. They would love to travel and um, do that fun stuff that we do. But in the midst of all that, they're making the best of it. I'm very proud of them. Other sports like swim, volleyball, and wrestling will start up next month for Petersburg High School. The school district's athletics director, Jamie Cabral, said in an email, the practices will operate very differently than previous years. The teams will be following mitigation plans for each sport and location. Each team will have a meeting prior to the start to go over all of the protocols that are in place, as well as screening requirements and limitations on numbers. In Petersburg... I'm Angela Denning. As we head into six months of living with the coronavirus pandemic, a lot of people are wondering when things will get back to normal. Well, from the perspective of a counselor, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is that things may never be exactly the same as they were before the COVID-19 virus swept the globe. The good news is, is that we can redefine normal in new and interesting ways. In this latest edition of A Moment Together, producer Ellen Frankenstein asked four professional mental health counselors what they miss about the old normal and what they're looking forward to in the new normal. What's one thing you're looking forward to? Being able to travel safely and seeing my kids and grandkids. What am I looking forward to? Going, being with friends or going out to dinner and not worrying about what I'm touching. To be able to get on a plane and go somewhere. One, and two, to be able to have a dinner with people at our table, um, at our house. So... When are things going to get back to normal? When is this all going to be over and we can just go back to our regular lives? There's no going back to the way things were, really. What we, the task for us, for all of us, for the whole world simultaneously, and this is what is just like mind blowing, we all have to reset our own expectations about what what life is supposed to be like. And do we have any evidence about what normal is for us and that that is supposed to stay the same always? I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.